Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the CEO of Hemlane, Dana Dunford. How are you doing, Dana? I'm great. Thanks for having me again, Michael. Wow, you just put out an amazing survey, actually the results of a survey. Uh, do us a favor, kind of uh, set up the survey because we're actually going to look at the results and I think it's very much one rental at a time audience. Uh, so I want to dive in and look at it, but set it up, talk about your partner, talk about why you did it and uh, maybe a couple of highlights and we'll jump in. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think if you kind of back up of what we were trying to accomplish from this is really understanding the mass market of landlords out there. Who owns these rental properties? Who's buying them? Uh, what types of property management solutions they're using? How they're thinking of the future or with their portfolio? So we um, sent the survey out to um, a couple thousand uh, landlords, and then we got responses back, and they weren't people who used Hemley. They were all just anyone in general who was a landlord who um, uh, owned rental properties and um, sent the survey out to them and got a couple hundred um, results from it. Okay. And so we basically took those results and uh, most of them, as you can imagine, own between one to four rentals. And that's, you know, mass markets, you can assume yeah. that is it. However, there were um, just over 10% who had over 20 plus rental units. So just to keep in mind, there were some who had quite a few. They're more of the Michael Zubers of the world who've built up that portfolio. And then the rest of the folks in the survey were those who are looking to get to 20 plus um, rentals, or it seems like that based on how they answered their questions of how they're thinking about real estate in the future. Very, very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's bring this up. Let me see if I can share the screens and technology. Look at that. I think it's going to work. <laughs> there you go. And um, just really quickly on it, um, we, we conducted the survey with um, benchmark research reports. So they helped put this together and, and prepare it for us. Okay. Um, so uh, let's go through kind of what some of the results were and um, key categories there. So the first one I would say is, and this would be slide four, um, is looking at what can you see can you see my screen just so we're I'm yeah, never... yeah I okay, can see good. your screen great okay cool so I'm gonna go um, to slide four yeah and this was essentially going through asking our survey participants what percentage of your like investment portfolio is actually real estate and the reason this is important is to understand like how bullish you are on real estate. Is this just like, you know, a small percentage of how much you own? Are you looking to grow this portfolio? And um, for majority of them, real estate makes up at least 50% of their investment portfolio. So half of the respondents said it's over 50%. So if you look at your total asset value mm -hmm. and um, what, what that signals is actually, um, 
um, if you go down to the next um, slide, we're asking like, well, why do you own these rental properties? It's really for that cash flow. Oh, thank goodness, one rental at a time thing. <laughs> I, I was hoping we were not seeing appreciation on this. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah and so it, it's primarily for that cash flow. And you know, when I think about um, these, because I I didn't know any of these um, survey participants. I'm sure maybe one or two I've I've come across, but. Um, one of the things that's interesting about it is that mentality of this is actually for this cash flow. I'm working a nine to five job. I'm slowly building up this cash flow. So I have, you know, this recurring income every sure. single um, And so, you know, I think the, the people in the survey are smart. They know why they're investing in real estate. But the best thing to look at with this is the next slide. So we just went over. I actually, yeah, I, have a, I actually have a point on this, this slide. Yeah. Uh, the, the last one, inflation protection, right? This, this is really cool because the very first thing we looked at slide 18, we were saying most people own less than four units. But now we have, you know, I don't know, more than 30% of people looking at real estate being an in inflation protection, right? And the United States is beautiful because again, you can get 30 year fixed rate debt, rents still go up. Inflation still happens. Uh, so the fact that mom and pop are thinking about inflation hedge is, is pretty powerful. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, definitely. And then this is this is interesting. So remember that slide two slides ago where we spoke about 50% um, or, or more than 50% of their um, uh, investments are in real estate. Sure. You would think that maybe they'd say, oh, I want to diversify out of real estate most of them actually plan to purchase more rental properties. So over 60%, I mean, that's 70% right there, are considering in the next three years to purchase more rental properties. So we're talking here about, you know, oh, what's happening to the market? You're, everyone's still bullish, I think, because of that inflation hedge, because of fixed rate and knowing you can refinance that even if you come in at a higher rate now. And yeah. those who have real estate are telling the rest of, the rest of people who have cash out there to invest, hey, I'm most bullish on real estate. 50% of my portfolio is there and I'm planning to purchase more. Like I'm basically doubling down on this asset class. So I found that to be super interesting. Yeah, the other, the one thing that would be very interesting, it sort of feels like to me, I'm having a deja vu moment today. What do I mean by that? I started my real estate journey right after a stock market crash, right? I got burned. I made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. And I wonder how many people are out there going, gosh, you know, maybe, you know, today is the 27th of October, the day after Meta released tragic earnings, their stock's down 25% this morning. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many Facebook people are just going to sell out and go, hey, I, I got to try something different. Because that was me, right? It wasn't Facebook. Obviously, it was Cisco Systems back in the day that burned me and then Enron and WorldCom got me later. But yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting see how many people just come to real estate because again, Fixed rate debt, you can feel it, you can touch it, you get income every month, there's tax advantages, 30-year fixed rate debt, so makes tons of sense to me. Yeah, and um, one thing I, I would say um, also about that is that um, with, um, with real estate, it's not this get rich quick, no. you have to do the work. But those who've done the work are saying, yeah, this is the best way to go. So I totally, history repeats itself. Um, so. Yeah. And then this was, um, this is a very similar uh, to the last one, just worded slightly differently, but um, mm -hmm. the majority are, are allocating an even higher percentage, um, you mm -hmm. know, of their investments um, to real estate. Um, 
So then let's go over the management. So that's more on the investment side. So the first part of our survey um, with uh, benchmark uh, research reports, the first part of it was on just real estate as an asset class and understanding how folks who had real estate, most of them with one to, you know, four rental properties, how they were thinking about it. Then the next one, the next questions we went into was the property management. Because as you know, there is quite a bit of upfront work. You're doing your um, diligence every day. You're looking at properties to see what what you're going to purchase. But after you purchase it, then you have 10 to 20 years to basically do the management, the property management. And um, so we ask questions about how they're thinking about their property management and how they want to be involved. It's interesting because while we know that 72% of landlords self-manage their properties. That's a US Consensus Bureau report. We also, in our survey, found that actually they want as little involvement as possible. They just want to make be involved in the key decisions. They don't want to do the administrative stuff. They don't want to be yeah, responding yeah. to tenants requests and stuff like that. Um, and then there are some who want to be much more involved, but over 50% here are saying, Hey, I really don't want to be involved in the management. Um, yeah, just- you know what I, that, I want to, so that, that second one there, I want to be involved in as many details as possible. I would love to talk to, I don't know, whatever that is, 28% or 25% of those folks. Cause my gut tells me having been in this game a while is they have three to five years of experience because every landlord I know that's got more than five years are like, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. I want to, I want to, I want to be out of the day-to-day because it's just another job and it's not particularly a, a, a great job. So it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, and then the, um, so with that, it, and you're right, I think there is this kind of flexibility we see with property management where it's not one size fits all, not only for a person, but also a point in time. There are folks, and you've said this, Michael, at the beginning, you wanted to kind of know how to be a landlord. Once right. you know how to do it, because then you can ask your property manager the right question, yeah. you mm-hmm. want to kind of remove yourself and say, great, now I'm going to have the oversight um, on it. And so I think over time, not only you as a person and your personality will dictate what's best in property management, but it's also you will change as a person and what is Agreed. best as you grow your portfolio and stuff like that. Um, so then this is the amount of time spent on property management. Um, we say it's nominal. I mean, I, I think it depends on, um, uh, it, it, it depends on, on whether you think, you know, I was just a week, a month. Oh, it's gotta be this a month. monthly. Sorry. This yeah. is monthly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is per month. Um, how long do they spend on their property management? So for owners, I'm going to talk about the one to four unit because sure. I think that's right where people are starting and, um, you know, it looks like some say no time. So they probably have a good property manager in place or they have a property manager in place and maybe, um, maybe not as good, but maybe should have some more oversight. (laughs) Maybe It it usually falls in one of those categories. You either have a good property manager and you spend no time or you spend no time and you're going to have to spend time in the future. Um, and hopefully you're in that first category where you have a really good property manager. You don't have to spend the time. Um, but out of those respondents with one to four rental units, it's up to two hours. Um, and I assume during the leasing stage, it's going to be more, especially if you're self-managing. Yeah. 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 When I look at this, I just go right to Dion, right? Dion, Dion talk, part of the three amigos. Um, he's got 16 units of memory serves. And I think he's kind of right around that four hour mark. 
Um, okay. Which is kind, yep. of, kind of right there in the middle. Again, he likes to talk about being a lazy landlord, does everything over his phone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, there's a lot of choices. And this is something uh, that Hemlane and, and uh, you brought to the table. You can really allocate what you want to do and what you want to outsource to technology, right? Is it leasing and all the apps? Well, maybe you use Hemlane. Is it, you know, is it communication and tracking rent collection and repairs? Right? There's, there's so many choices out there. Uh, that you as a landlord can choose today. So it's pretty, it's very powerful. Yeah, definitely. This was actually the most interesting and also the one where I saw the biggest opportunity to control this. When we asked about tenant turnover, so how often do your tenants um, turn over? You know, I think, Michael, you and I both said long-term tenants, you know, single family homes, we see them stay in there four to sometimes, you know, up to 10 years, 10 years plus. This yeah. was really interesting to me. Now, of course, these are survey respondents, um, majority not using Hemling. We try to get a mix between sure. um, folks who use Hemling and not. I found this to have the biggest opportunity. I want to hear your thoughts on it because they're saying that between oh. one to two years is when tenants turn over. I was like, that seems really frequent, especially if you're in the one to four units, which means you have a smaller complex, single yeah. family duplex um the data was really really interesting on this one yeah this scares me if you own call it two units and you're averaging a turnover every 18 months which is the split the difference there you're probably not making a lot of money right it's turnover is what kills you so i would try to dig into that going what, what's going on is is it rents too high are you raising rents every year and that's scary are you being too aggressive are you is there service not there Maybe you should have a property manager because maybe because you work so much, you can't service your tenants. I don't know. <laughs> my numbers, I haven't done this in a while, but my numbers for memory on houses was almost eight years. Apartments, which side by side, top and bottom, right? So bird cages, if you will, was like two and a half years. So, yeah. you know, it's really, it'd be interesting to see. I would love this sliced and dice versus houses versus units. Unit. I'm going to guess there's a difference, but maybe not. Yeah, no, I, I would have to also think that if it's a house, it's longer. But then I have a question for these folks sure. of, yeah. hey, this is the biggest opportunity for you to increase your cash flow. If you're talking yeah. about increasing your cash flow, here is where you can increase your cash flow. And when you look at that, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, one year or less? Oh my it's, gosh. I know. And then this is just us taking the data of what folks have said. and. um uh, this is, uh, you can see exactly how we worded the question. So it shouldn't yeah. be confusing to anyone. Um, but this would be the biggest opportunity if there are any landlords out there where you don't have tenants staying in your single family home for over three years. The question is, how do you tackle that sooner? How do you talk to the tenant mm -hmm. three months before turnover and say, Hey, would love to um, see if um, you're planning to renew. What could we do to improve and try to keep them in there, assuming they're a good tenant, because majority are. Um, those that are good, you you want to double down on that. And then if you're looking to increase, you know, rents by 10% plus, that's probably not a good strategy because you're right, the vacancy is going to kill you a lot more than um, uh, the short-term thinking about yeah. this. I mean, I got to tell you, Dana, if, if my units were turning over this much, I'd lower rent. I want, I want people yeah. to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah, so this was that was a one where I think um, that was actually the most shocking to me, and also the one with the the most opportunity. Um, 
The next one was how much um, do you spend on property management as a percentage of your pre-tax income? So most owners spend less than 5% of their rental income on their property management fees. Wow, and, that's and, shocking. Yeah, and, I, and so I guess the question there with it or kind of how we can think about it is, so I think the majority are self-managing. Yeah, and I, I, I got to tell you just right now, yeah. I spend more than 5% on my portfolio and I have a decent sized portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and the ones who said nothing, I assume those are just hundred percent. Yeah. And then the ones that say less than 5%, I have to think that maybe they're accounting for a leasing agent and something like that, or, or something else in there, or potentially putting that as their software. Um, oh, and then, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the eight to 10% or eight to 12% is the next one, which makes sense for yeah, those sense. who are using a property manager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. More than 12%. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll see that is at um, nearly zero there. Yeah. Thank uh, goodness. Yeah, totally. The only reason I, I was thinking that someone could, would say over 12% is if they are using a full service property manager and then had a turnover with a leasing agent of and course, had to yeah. pay for that, then maybe they're averaging that into there. I've never heard of a property manager, at least that I know of doing over 12%. Um, unless oh, it had to be, it had to be a leasing thing, right? So you lose first month and have to deposit or whatever, whatever they charge it that, you know, you, yeah. you, if you add everything together, it can get over 12. Yeah. The only other actually is these flat rates. There's these flat rate property managers that charge sure. like a flat $200 a monthly rent. And if you think if your rental's at a thousand, then, yeah, it, then you have to think it's more than 10%, it's 20%. Um, so just something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, and then this was, um, what were, uh, were your average operating expenses as a percentage of your income over the past year? Expenses mm -hmm. were often less than 25% of rental income. So the expenses they had um, were less than 25% of their income. Does that sound right to you? So this is just so we, everybody understands operating. So that's not mortgage payment. Uh, is it taxes and insurance? No, we were not counting taxes. And All right, insurance. so it's literally just day-to-day -day operations. Day-to-day -day operations, yeah. Yeah, 25%. That would be, a, yeah, that'd be, I mean, I think my houses are under that. My apartments might be right at that, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, okay. I like that. Oh, my goodness, 50 to 74%. That's not good. I'm thinking yeah. that's a turnover or remodel or something. I don't know. And, and sometimes with those, you kind of want to dig into them more, but you have to keep the question standard, right? Yeah. Exactly. Want to dig into like, why? why <laughs> That's a landlord that needs help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then we asked about property management software. And, and I think this is really interesting compared to, um, uh, compared to what I think if you were put the survey out there five years ago, the oh, answer is vastly different. A lot different. Yeah. But I think people are thinking now about software, um, whether it's just to advertise their rental, whether it's just to collect rent, but how are they using it and how important is it to them? Um, whether they're using a property manager who has a software or whether they themselves are. And, you know, majority here are going through and saying, yes, it's very important for me to have some sort of software in place. Yeah, this, this is definitely... Software has made landlording easier. It's made it more um, 
less error prone, right? Audit trail, history, communication, um, tracking, you know, just putting in system and procedures. When Olivia and I got started 20 some odd years ago, it was it was seemingly all on the fly, right? Back when faxes were a thing and it's just, so, it's a world of difference. And, and I'm surprised that this, this isn't even higher. Very important and important. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. You, new landlords today, um, get it. If you're not a landlord, but want to be one, you've got to take the Hemlane trial, uh, which we'll talk about at the end. But yeah, this, this, it, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And then rent collection is the most common use of the software. So uh, we basically ask, what are you using? Of course, you could check multiple boxes here, right? So you can see that it doesn't add up to 100. Um, but most are using it for collecting rent and managing their repairs um, was the majority of things that they were looking for. And I think the managing repairs and tenant communication one is one that you and I constantly talk oh, about. have to do it. Yes. Because yes. of the audit trail. Of if a tenant comes to you and says there's, you know, mold, and you're like, okay, there's organic growth. When did it come in? If they're trying to withhold rent or whatever it is, right. any of those, like, I, those situations don't happen often, but when they do happen, oh, you definitely want to have a system in place. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, as I've told everybody, that's, that's a game changer. Technology providing an audit trail of communication. It's, it's, you know, rent collection is nice, but we were collecting rent before. But managing repair requests and tenant communications is game changing. Yeah. And then one other thing I would say with it is it's surprising that rent collection um, uh, is not at 100%. Because I would say from that perspective, now there's some, right, where tenants still pay cash and stuff like that, but giving the option for your tenants to pay online. I mean, certain states like California, where we are require one offline method of payment, you yep. can't pay, you're required to pay online. Um, mm -hmm. But having that, that, hey, it's automatically going to request the rent, it's going to make sure it's the right amount, it's going to set full payments only, it's going to make sure that um, uh, it goes, it, it doesn't get disputed or anything like that. If it's a bank to bank transaction, having all of that in place, I think is incredibly important. So something for, you know, hundred percent of landlords to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, me a favor, wrap this up. Cause we've, we've, uh, we've, this is, oh, online communications, bigger pockets. Oh, tell me about this one. What is this? Yeah. So this was about how, where do you get advice for your property management strategy and interesting bigger and pockets is number one that's bigger pockets is number one on this and of course this just went randomly out we have no affiliation with like we ourselves are not part of bigger pockets yeah. um but they're actually looking online at those communities there mm -hmm. um and um you know online communities could be one rental at a time as well um sure. but uh this was um basically asking like where are they getting advice and it seems like you know, some it's family and friends, but a lot of it is online and, and moving towards the online space. Yeah, Bigger Pockets has done an amazing job. I mean, I was on there back in 06, 07. Uh, it is the place where it attracts a lot of new investors. It's, uh, it's a little concerning that you're going there for actual property management advice. Because um, my history on that is not a lot of prop, you know, it's, it's just, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, right? I, I, um, yeah, I think the thing you have to be concerned about is legal advice, right? Because yeah, exactly. People who yeah. are talking are not lawyers, and so you should not be taking advice. Probably not even landlords. There are people giving landlord advice that aren't landlords. That drives me yeah. crazy. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and so that's pretty much the survey there. Um, so hopefully uh, that was insightful of, um, you know, what we saw um, and opportunities there. I think the biggest one, the biggest takeaway is that turnover and looking at that and saying, hey, how long are your tenants staying in the property and making sure that you double down on that? Yeah, I would tell folks as new landlords, getting an application like Hemlane is 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 game changing. It really cleans up communication. You'll never know how important it is until you need that audit trail. Yeah. Uh, so I would say go to Hemlane.com, get the trial. Uh, Dana has done an amazing job in our free course, gives you a PDF, how to do the full 30 days. And if you're in my course, how to get started one rental at a time, there's actually videos of Dana herself walking through the 30-day trial. Dana, thank you so much you do. I will put the link in the show notes below. Thanks, Dana. Thanks so much, Michael. You got it.